Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill here uh, from my Show Me The Science podcast. Now, this one, and I often begin with this, is a, is a great one, but I, I love this one. Um, and I think it's really, really interesting. And this one is the science of the deepest oceans. So it's all about getting down deep 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 down to the ocean floor and studying what's going on down there now it seems like an obvious thing doesn't it but guess what uh, there's been less people going down to the deepest parts of the ocean than people have gone into space so this literally is the unknown frontier now there have been studies when they go down 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 and study what's happening down there but there's very few and far between studies really and a lot of science still needs to be done on exploring the ocean floor in the deepest parts of the ocean so it's a hugely important area for all kinds of reasons as I will explain but I was struck by that that more people have been in space than have been down to the ocean floor in the deepest parts of the ocean so that needs to be corrected doesn't it and it is definitely in the old Star Trek phrase which I often use to boldly go where no one's gone before because so few people have been down there it's a wonderful frontier and I myself would love to go down there I've got a sense of adventure as a scientist I became a scientist partly to sort of satisfy my sense of the wonderment of you know nature and all the rest of it and to, and to really go into these places where nobody's been before in my case I'm in the immune system and hopefully going to parts of the immune system where no one's gone before but in this case imagine going down to the deep deep ocean and studying what's going on down there and the reason why I've, I've picked this topic uh, today is I've just come across a very interesting story of an oceanographer called Dawn Wright and she's been there Earlier this year, she went on a mission to the deepest part of the Pacific. That's where she went. And went to the place called the Mariana Trench. Now, many I'd heard of the Mariana Trench. Many have heard of it. Uh, it's a deep, deep trench deep in the ocean. And, and, and it was discovered uh, in the 1800s, actually. There was this place. They must have been showing bits of rope over the side. And it kept going down, 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 down. Uh, and they, they were able to map the Mariana Trench even then to some extent. Uh, but it is the deepest part of the ocean is the Mariana Trench. And she went down down there in a special, almost like a spaceship I suppose, uh, went down to explore the lower reaches of the Mariana Trench and no one had been to this place before. So she was a bit like I suppose Neil Armstrong in a way, the first person to go on the moon she was the first person to go deep into the ocean to this region of the Mariana Trench she went down 35,000 feet now to give you an idea Everest is 29,000 feet tall. So she went further down to get to this ocean floor than anybody who's gone up to the top of Everest, if you can see what I mean by the distance travelled. So it's very, very far down to get down there. Um, And of course, it was a big adventure. And the big question was, what did she see? Now, what what was happening as well was, by the way, there was a massive um, project that the UN have organised. It's a UN mission, which wants to map the entire seabed by the year 2030. So that's in hand, and this is part of that mission to map the entire ocean floor by then. And and she made a big contribution because she went down and mapped this part of the ocean floor for the first time. And she went to a place called the Challenger Deep, is the name of it. It was first reported in 1875 by a Royal Navy ship called HMS Challenger, who obviously, as I say, sent, you know, string over or whatever it was and could measure this very, very deep part of the ocean. And that's where she went. And, the, and, and it was known that this was the deepest 
largest part of the ocean ever from those kinds of studies. But it was first discovered in 1875. And it's actually a canyon, a deep canyon, and it curves. So it's like a C shape, I guess. And again, that had been mapped in various ways. And that's where she went in her special vessel. And she went with a fellow scientist called Victor Vescovo. And he was the driver of the vehicle. He was more of an engineer, it looks like. And they went down there. And then in this vehicle, they called the vehicle limiting factor not a very exciting name. I would have called it the Starship Enterprise or whatever, something like that anyway. But it's called Limiting Factor. And I went down, I'm not sure why they call it Limiting Factor, but that, the Limiting Factor, I think, was how to go deep. And they were able to construct this vessel uh, built of titanium, and it's effectively a titanium sphere. And of course, the one thing you worry about down there is pressure. Because above you, you have all this column of water. And that creates huge pressure. And the pressure at the bottom of this trench where she went was 16,000 pounds per square inch which is an awful lot of pressure and to give you an idea it is 25 jumbo jets filled up with stuff that's how heavy the pressure was was the analogy I saw so imagine uh, you know putting 25 jumbo jets on top of each other you're underneath the one you know and that's the pressure that's being applied here so huge force is being applied and that meant they had to make a very robust vessel to sustain that kind of pressure and that's what they managed to do and this special limiting factor vessel made of titanium could could survive these huge big pressures and it went down 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 at a speed of 300 feet per minute which is pretty fast as well it had special thrusters it was display, able to displace water to allow it to go down really really quickly and down it went. Now, you're all wondering what did this vessel see when it got down to the bottom of this trench? Well, first of all, it's pitch black because no light can penetrate that far down. Now, it would have had a lighting system to be able to look around a bit. But one, one fear was that it might disturb the local fish and the flora and fauna down there. By, by so to be careful. They wouldn't have bla- massive blasts of light here, but there's some light to see. And they got some pictures, which you can see online if you like. It's pretty sparse down there. There's not much life because those pressures are almost, you know, make life impossible. But they did see a few things, which I will, which I will come back to. Uh, and they used sonar then to map the sea floor. Uh, you can use sonar to look at the structures and so on. They got a great map of it. They took samples. They took water samples to see what was in the water down there, which turns out to be very useful. And then they also began observing some of the life forms down there. Now there are very strange jellyfish living down there, peculiar shapes because they have to survive this pressure. There's a strange shrimp. They're called amphipods. They saw some of those. Uh, They saw these strange tube-like creatures, anemones actually, uh, and they were observed as well. And then, of course, some of the stuff they really sort of observed in in previous missions as well. The zombie worms, there's a great name. Zombie worms are down there, they're eating the bones. So if if, if a fish dies up higher, or a whale or whatever, and it sinks all the way down to the bottom, the bones are a very rich source of calcium. Life evolved to eat up those bones and the mainly worms. So they observed these zombie worms as well. They also saw um, the uh, dragonfish, and they, you've, you've probably seen pictures of these, these massive fangs on these strange creatures. There's also the sea devil anglefish can be seen at these depths as well. And that wasn't reported by this mission, but they've been seen in other missions. They're a very strange creature. They, in, it, with the sea devil anglefish, the male fuses its body with the female when it's reproducing, fertilizes the egg or whatever, and then stays stuck to the female as a parasite. This is a bit like Owen and his wife, I've realized. Uh, because he's just had a new baby, by the way. <laughs> so, so Owen is now a parasite in his own house. But those, those uh, sea devil anglefish, they, they can be seen at these depths. Now, these creatures have evolved to survive in a very hostile environment. There's no sunlight. 
They're living off the stuff that floats down to them from rotting creatures, I suppose, up above. Um, and there's vast pressure. Their bodies are adapted to be able to survive at these huge pressures. And again, this mission observed some of this uh, these life forms. Now, what was also reported, I've just noticed actually as part of the mission was, we only know 25% of the seafloor. And this mission added a bit more knowledge of that. There's a long way to go to 2030, isn't there, to map the other 75%. And that's what's happened. They can use remote technologies and so on to scan the sea floor. You don't need to go there. So they're optimistic they'll get there by 2030. But this was one mission that actually went down there to help study this area. Now, it's it's interesting anyway, isn't it, to go into space or to into a deep ocean and see what you might find. And remember, science is actually just about curiosity. It shouldn't really say we're doing this science for the following reason other than curiosity. That's, that's one of the key motivators for us as scientists is to solve some puzzle. But of course, there can be great useful things can come out of solving that and they don't know really in terms of you know living systems and what we might learn from life down there we could learn all kinds of things you never know and, and just observing it and measuring it could give rise to discoveries that could prove to be useful that's the first thing so it's a curiosity led program is the way to think of it but then secondly there are more serious things it's very hard to study animals that live down there you can't bring them up to the surface because they die very quickly in the normal pressure and you can't keep them at the right pressure to keep them alive so what they did was they would trap them and then study them and that was done as part of this mission to see if you can study these animals and how they how they function in many ways you can do this using these uh, trapping technology and then release them you know and a bit of that was done on previous missions as well it must be said more than this one but still you can study the animals by going down there so that's one reason they try to study them but I guess more relevant uh, to us is to do with climate change and a key function of water and the oceans is to absorb CO2 and in fact an awful lot of the CO2 that gets taken out of the atmosphere is happening in the oceans mainly with things like cyanobacteria and various organisms and the question was can they be absorbed at these depths how effective is CO2 absorption at these really deep parts of the ocean and they're hoping actually to see more CO2 absorbance the deeper you go down and if you can understand that process you might come up with better ways to trap carbon so again that's one one reason for this mission was to study these deep sea situations to see if we can enhance carbon capture is the way to think of it and that's what this study was partly aiming to do and the water samples they took they're studying those now to see if there are bacteria say in them that can somehow absorb carbon and this wouldn't be through the normal photosynthesis which would be one way like plants do it because it's too far down but there could well be ways of absorbing carbon I mean one of the dreams is and I read this in the interview with uh, with Dawn or came across it somewhere that she said look imagine if we found a new organism that was very effective at absorbing carbon and that could be used then all over the world in a way and we could study that couldn't we and have a better way to, ca- to capture carbon that's one thing that might come out of it kind of it's a bit of a sort of a long shot it must be said because plants are great at absorbing carbon and they need sunlight and yet it's too deep for that but still the idea here would be you've literally like Star Trek which I'm a big fan of anybody who listens to me regularly would know that Star Trek went out to boldly go and found all kinds of weird and wacky interesting things didn't it uh, and this deep sea mission could well discover things that will turn out to be fascinating scientifically and may well then be useful to us and climate change would be a big thing. They're, they're also able to look at the rate of decay of things there and how that might affect climate change in various ways and then measuring change at these deep levels over time as evidence for climate change as well by the way. So, so it's a useful place to measure things basically to tell us what's going on up on the surface if you like and we might learn brand new things. But I must say 
it's not worth emphasizing those things yet because we still don't know what life is like down there and what the geology is like and various things. You know? And unless we study it, we won't find out these new things and we're bound to find out interesting things because all of science is about ultimately understanding things and then maybe coming up with useful things based on those discoveries. So this really was a pure science mission at this stage to map this very, very deep part of the ocean and find out interesting things. And I would recommend anybody who's interested more to look up Dawn and read about her because she's a very interesting scientist oceanographer and there's great there's great footage of the strange creatures living at these depths some very beautiful organisms that fluoresce and all kinds of things so so it's a wonder it's a wonderland of life down there even though it's sparse the organisms that have evolved to live down there are intriguing and beautiful creatures in themselves so anybody interested have a look at, on YouTube various places at life at the deepest oceans of the world and great credit then to Dawn Wright and her colleague Victor, who went down there to observe all these very, very interesting things. So there you have it, the science of the deepest ocean. And thanks very much for listening as ever. And my podcast is a News Talk production and it's available for download every Thursday. And all the very best.